This podcast is brought to you by EverythingVoluntary.com. My name is Skylar Collins, and this is Thinking and Doing. In this podcast, I examine logical fallacies, cognitive biases, stoic teachings from masters past and present, and tips on being better at life. I hope it will be as instructive to you as it is to me in the pursuit of thinking and doing well. Be sure to check out and subscribe to the Voluntarist Voices podcast brought to you by EverythingVoluntary.com. Voluntarist Voices is a podcast featuring lectures, interviews, and audio essays by intellectual giants past and present. Hello, welcome to the podcast. We're going to look at some Stoic teachings. The first will be from the Daily Stoic for June 29th by Ryan Holiday and Stephen Hanselman. And the second will be a return um, by Musil Bowie, who we we did read one of his entries a couple of episodes ago on uh, the Stoicism subreddit. It was really good. I let him know and then he uh, linked me to an, a new one or another one that he had posted, and I really liked that one. So I haven't read it entirely. I just kind of started and said, okay, this will be good. All right, so June 29th in the Daily Stoic, it's titled No Excuses. It starts with this quote by Marcus Aurelius out of Meditations. It is possible to curb your arrogance, to overcome pleasure and pain, to rise above your ambition, and to not be angry with stupid and ungrateful people. Yes, even to care for them. All right, what, what I believe he's talking about here is that you are not stuck in who you are right now. You can be better. You can get better. You can become something better, someone better, more virtuous, more wise, more humble, less swayed by the ebbs and flows or tides of emotion and passion, less moved by stupid or ungrateful people, and even to actually care about them. Here's what the uh, editor commentary is. I was just born this way. I never learned anything different. My parents set a terrible example. Everyone else does it. What are these? Excuses that people use to justify staying as they are instead of striving to become better. Of course, it's possible to curb our arrogance, control our anger, and be a caring person. How do you think others do it? Certainly, their parents weren't perfect. They didn't come out of the womb incapable of ego or immune to temptation. They worked on it. They made it a priority. They solved it like they would solve any other problem, by dedicating themselves to finding a solution, making incremental progress until they did. They became who they are, just like you can. There have been, this is, this is uh, my own commentary now, there have certainly been moments in my life where I've been faced with continuing as I am or changing. Probably the biggest, probably the biggest moment that I faced that in my life was in how I was raising my son and how I had planned on raising my daughter who was still a baby and any other children after that. And that was to use punishments and rewards to basically control them, 
to lose my temper, to get angry, to yell, to rage, at some point to hit. In other words, to absolutely terrorize somebody a tenth of my size. And then I learned better. A friend of mine introduced me to something that I I dove into headfirst. I read it. I watched it. I shared it with the wife. And then I made a choice. I made a choice to stop what I was doing and to do it in the complete opposite way moving forward. And personally, I, I have never regretted that decision. It was absolutely the right decision. And I, I'm proud of myself for doing that. I'm proud of myself for recognizing what was wrong and why it was wrong and then becoming a better person. Now, I, I consider myself a pretty mindful person. And, you know, I think every day about the goings-on of, of the day and what I've done and how I may have done it differently. And what I've learned through stoicism is not to shame myself, not to beat myself up, because that doesn't get you anywhere. That's totally pointless. But just, just recognize what happened, understand cause and effect, understand how what you did made you feel and how it may have made others feel or I shouldn't say made you feel or made them feel. I should say inspired you to feel or inspired them to feel. I don't think we make people feel things. And if it didn't work, if you don't like how you how you felt or you don't like that you inspired certain feelings in others, right, maybe based on golden rule or some other personal ethics that you have, then just see see about how you could have done it differently and just file that away. You'll face that situation again at some point. You'll have another opportunity to do it differently, ideally to do it better once you figure that out. Okay, saying things like, I was born this way, I never learned any different, my parents set a bad example, everyone else does it this way, those aren't helping anybody. They're just delaying your growth. They're delaying you becoming a better you, okay? Which means saying these excuses, telling yourself these excuses, they're only screwing you. Right? It's like slapping yourself in the face. I mean, what's the point? No excuses. I like that. Okay, let's go on to this post by uh, Musil Bowie out of the Stoicism subreddit. Of course, I'll link to this and you can engage. Not a lot of conversation here. All right, the title of this post is It's Not About You. I don't know, it might be a bit long. It's mostly short sentences. They're just kind of spread out, but I'm going to read through all of it. Have you ever received a venomous insult? words that stuck in your head, a look that you can't erase from your memory. Maybe it was on your appearance, your character, your actions. Well, it wasn't about you. It never was. Of course it was about me, you cry out in indignation. How could it not be? Was it? Let us change the person. Let us divide their age by zero and then add five years. Would we feel so slighted when they question our intelligence? Would we feel so ashamed when they pull a face of disgust? Would we feel so enraged that if they viewed us as, as a garble bloof? No, because they don't know you. It's not about you. Let us change the person. Let us say someone is right behind you with the same name, the same face, your long-lost identical evil twin. Would we not sigh in relief when we realize it wasn't us? Would we hold so much contempt if they confused us for someone else? Would we take it so personally if it was about another? No, because they don't know you. It's not about you. When we give their words meaning, we give their words power. When we give their words power, we give their words control over our emotions, control over us. Quote by Marcus Aurelius, choose not to be harmed and you won't feel harmed. 
don't feel harmed, and you haven't been. Now, before you leap to your feet with your newfound liberation from insults, let it be known the same can be said about compliments. That A-plus you were handed, that nod of approval, that thank you. It wasn't about you. It never was. If it wasn't about me, then who was it about? Them. It always was. Their insults are echoes of a pain deep within. Their compliments, reverberations of a soul in harmony. These people are giving us an opportunity, an opportunity to meet a need of theirs. And all we can do in that moment is make it about us. How embarrassing we must feel. That we would confuse their needs for ours. Their need is a gift. A gift we choose to accept or reject. So let us give our gift, our gift of empathy and understanding. Listen to the need for certainty that shrieks fear into their eyes. Listen to the need for connection that chimes out of joy in their smile. Listen to the need to be held that whimpers mournfully in their tears. Listen to it all. The quiet murmurs of what is not said, and then thank them for sharing. Because it was never about you. It was about them. All right, that's the end of that. That's really good. This brings a couple of things to my mind. The first is something I was thinking about yesterday, and I've thought about before. And that is when somebody, and this, I don't know, this this might not apply to a lot of us. This might be more of somebody who's better, who's more well-known, somebody who's a bit more popular, uh, is more is more well known by total strangers to them, but I you know we can we can think about it and see how it might apply to us, and that and it does apply to us in in other ways, but and that is when somebody hates you seemingly through no fault of your own. Okay, you're not knowingly their enemy. You didn't attack them. You didn't you know uh, to your knowledge offend them in some way, physical or verbal or something. But they hate you because of maybe something you said, maybe an opinion you hold, a belief you shared, something you've done. They just don't like it. And so they hate you. Who who do they really hate? Do they hate you? And now now that I say this, this is a bit different than what than what this guy's talking about. But let me let me continue with them. We'll come back. Who do they hate? Well they don't know you. They don't know you personally. So they can't hate you. Who they hate is a form of you created in their own minds. And that form is obviously paper thin and incomplete, but it's a form nonetheless that they can point their ire and indignation at. And that form contains only those particular characteristics that they have added to that form that doesn't sit right with them. Okay, I think that that everything that we take in uh, creates a form of that thing in our minds. And it's those forms that we react to. People we, we know really well have a much more developed form in our minds. But we will never, we will probably never know another person in a way that totally completes that form. I know my wife pretty well, but I'm still learning new things about her. And the same goes for her with me. If she does something or I interpret, I, I interpret her have, of having done something that I really don't like, and I've, I've talked about something that happened a few months ago with my forest in the backyard. I'm altering that form in my mind, and then I'm angry at that form, right? I, I think that we're always just interacting when, when we're thinking about these things with the forms of people that are in our own minds that we have created. That just seems to be how minds work. <laughs> but when it comes to just total strangers who, who hate you, like I, you know, I'll, I'll say things on Reddit. I'll troll sometimes. I, I probably shouldn't. I don't I, No, I shouldn't say troll, but I'll sometimes give raw opinions, I should say, about things. 
and it gets reactions from people. And sometimes those reactions are really negative. But I don't take the, any of that personally, okay, because I, they don't know me. So I know they're not insulting me. They're just insulting their idea, their form of me in their own mind, which is extremely limited. Okay, so that's that whole idea is one thing. The second thing is a bit more on, on what this guy's talking about here, about it, how it's not about you when somebody is, when somebody's, let me, let me shift just a bit, just to, just to the track next to this guy. And that is when you, when you uh, have to deal with somebody who seems really angry at something and, th- you know, through, through no obvious fault of your own, they're just an asshole to you. Or maybe they're, you know, actually behaving criminally towards you. Uh, obviously protect yourself, defend yourself in the moment, but later on you can think back about that person. And it's probably a really good idea to think about why that person is so angry, why that person is an asshole. It's it's not about you at all, okay? So taking that personally is foolish. It's really dumb because it's not. It's not about you. Okay, they're an asshole for unrelated reasons. Even if they're pointing at you and yelling at you and making it seem like it's about you. It's not about you. <laughs> it's 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 because they're projecting. They're projecting probably a parent, maybe a grandparent, maybe a teacher, somebody who in their life looked at them that same way and yelled and pointed and screamed and traumatized. And now they're triggered because they feel annoyance about something and it it pushes just the right button that it brings back that trauma. They're in a PTSD moment. And now that person that's been filed away in their mind comes out because they don't, they don't, they haven't learned any other way to respond, right? They're triggered because of this, the stressful situation, whatever it may be. And then their father comes out or their mother or a teacher or some other adult or an older sibling somebody who behaved that way towards them. And it takes, it takes recognizing what's going on before you can, you can heal and, and fix that, speaking to the person who's behaving that way. But that's what it means to be broken. That's what it means to have PTSD from having endured childhood trauma. And, any, and in any other case, and it may not be wild and loud and all that kind of stuff when somebody's angry at you, it may just be, it may just be something much shorter than that something more minor. But again, all, all you were was the inspiration or the catalyst for something buried deep to rise up again inside them. And that's what they're reacting to. They're screaming at you, going back to the, the first example, they're screaming at you because they really want to be fighting back. Okay, but, but that projection, that person that's coming out that they're now imitating makes them feel just a bit stronger, but their true self is is now hunkered down and, and really small inside them. So just going through this sort of, you know, you have an interaction with somebody and they, and, and they were really upset and they were really angry. First thing is, is recognize it's not about you. Second thing, see the traumatized child that's still inside them. See the helpless, weak, small child that they once were, and then they were attacked by somebody. Somebody they probably were supposed to love. Somebody that was probably supposed to protect them. And this is true for assholes as much as it's true for criminals. Okay, and we don't we don't want to we don't want to see a bad guy, and we don't want to see the innocent child inside that bad guy, the child that was that was victimized, that was attacked, that was traumatized over and over. 
Okay, bad guys and monsters, they're not born. I don't believe that. And I'm not talking about psychopathy or sociopathy or any of that. I'm just talking about, I don't know, regular general people. They're not born. They're made. And they're made through trauma. It's not about you. I like that. Okay. I'll link to that. Um, and again, that entry from Daily Stoke was for June 29th. That's going to do it. Thank you so much for listening and have a better day. Please send your comments or questions to thinkinganddoingpodcast at gmail.com. Will you do me a big favor? Will you rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening from? That really helps. And one more thing, please share the podcast with your friends. 